Welcome to the Impact Multiplier CEO Podcast. If you're a chief executive, or if you think like one, and you want to create exponentially greater impact, then this show is for you. My name is Richard Medcalf, founder of X Quadrant. I coach some of the most successful and impressive CEOs and executive teams on the planet and help them achieve extraordinary results. And no matter how successful you've been in the past, there's always a whole new level of impact available to you. So if you're ready to play a bigger game than ever before, I invite you to join us and become an Impact Multiplier CEO. Hello, I'm Richard Medcalf. And I'm Stephanie Frakoviak. And in this episode, we're going to jump into Impact Multiplier number one, which is eliminating noise. It's all about what has your attention as a CEO and how do you multiply focus and attention within your organization? Yeah, getting rid of that static and that noise that distracts us from everything. Looking forward to it. Yeah, well, let's face it. I mean, who amongst us feels we, have, we don't have enough distractions? at the moment <laughs> both real and mental distractions because it's not just about the builders upstairs it's also about what's taking up our brain space yeah absolutely and of course you know we live in a world of infinity don't we i mean now you know the internet driven age i always say there is an infinity awaiting us there's an infinite number of books to read on your kindle there's an infinite number of people you could network with on linkedin there's an infinite number of you know movies you could binge on or series you can binge on on netflix uh, um, there's an infinite number of emails probably sitting in our inbox waiting for our attention or that we could generate so we focus and attention is is critical right yeah well i mean i guess when there's so much to do how do you decide what to do how do you how do you know what you're doing is what's going to give you the best return. I don't like to talk about return on time, but you know, every moment of time I dedicate to something, you know, I'm expecting something back. And sometimes, you know, I know I make poor choices <laughs> with the number of uh, tweets mm. I've scrolled through. Um, mm. Yes, focus, 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 and understanding what we're trying to get to is probably the key to that. Yeah, right. So how do we do this without just putting so much burden on ourselves to always be super productive, but how do we actually create the impact? So that's what we're going to talk about. And of course, um, you know, I need to uh, get into this swing of it because Stephanie, you've not been asking me about my, one of my key obsessions in life, which is the rock band queen, right? It's a bit old, I know, but um, uh, and <laughs> I, had this, I, <laughs> I know, well, I tell you what, my, somebody asked my daughter uh, just this weekend, what her favorite band was. And she said queen too, she's um, 14. So, I'm successfully brainwashed my daughter, um, mm. which is, you know, obviously a fantastic achievement as a father. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I thought we could have a little queen quote. There's a queen quote for every occasion. So I thought for this one, it's one vision, right? That's it, one vision. Um, You're going to sing gonna, it to me. I'm not going to sing. No, I, I could play the riff, the guitar on. <laughs> Um, I might finish the episode by saying fried chicken, right? Because obviously how famously Queen finished that song uh, for who knows why. Um, but yeah, it's about one vision, right? How do we actually bring our vision in, not get distracted by all the squirrels running around uh, and actually focus our attention? Um, because one thing that most CEOs do not have is a lot of spare time. 
right? So we have, the question becomes, how do we focus more? How do we get more out of the time that we have? And let's face it, probably few CEOs want to give more time to work and encroach more on their personal time, their health, their family, their relationships, right? So how do we actually uh, focus ourselves on those highest activities uh, and focus our team? So that's what we're gonna cover today. All right, okay, so this is about spending the time we have wisely. It's not about, I know this, you often fall into the trap of thinking that, you know, to be important, you have to be busy or to be productive, you have to be busy. Um, so it's finding that balance, is it? It's, uh, or is it more than that? I think it's, as I said, I think it's the strategy question. Um, and actually, I think the reason I have always been fascinated and obsessed really by strategy and focus is because I just love the idea of getting a lot done with the lowest possible effort. That's pretty fundamentally <laughs> lazy. Um, uh, laziness. Laziness. <laughs> you know, and yeah, that was, I mean, pretty my claim to fame was, you know, when I was, when I was in school was I managed to get, you know, top grades whilst not working as hard as the next guy, you know, that was, that was kind of strangely perversely satisfying to me. So, um, and, and I, I think when you can do that, then it just free up, it creates margin in our life and margin to do the next thing or margin to just think or to recover or to get more energized for the next project right so i think this is important um let's let's should we just jump in and talk about the first one yeah go on then yes because i think then i'll help it'll help me understand it a bit better i'm not sure i've quite grasped it yet but uh i'm sure this episode will help okay well that's uh what oh the the challenge is high now i've got to explain something to stephanie uh, <laughs> <laughs> no 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 so this is i say this is so eliminating noise, it's really saying, what are the critical few things in my life, in my business, which are going to have the biggest return, which are going to move the needle right now? And I suffer from, from this, right? I'm an entrepreneur. I'm building my business. I have a whole load of projects that I can do, uh, updating my website, creating a podcast, working with a client, doing a referral program, do, you know, all, the list goes on. There's always tons of stuff to do. The question is, what do I focus on, deliver, and have a project that can start generating value in the business? So many organizations have like 100 projects which are moving at one mile an hour. If we could actually have you know, three projects that move at 100 miles an hour get delivered and start generating value in the business, we can then move on to the next one. So that's kind of the game here. Okay, so that requires actually knowing where you're trying to get to and what's important because you can't yeah. or manage, yeah. you know, eliminate noise until you know what the noise is. Absolutely. Yes, great point. Yeah, it's a great point. So, um, there's a number of areas that, you know, we can get into that. So I suppose where I would start, um, so actually let's just start right there. A tool I use called the goal stack. The goal okay. stack, um, when I ask people what their goals are, they'll generally talk about a certain time frame. I mean, so I'm asking me, yeah. Stephanie, when I say, well, what are your goals? What comes to mind? You don't need to tell me all your goals to, you know, I don't know, conquer the world and become a rock star and everything else. But, but what's, what time frame do you think of when you think about goals? 
well, pre-COVID, my timeframes were sort of multi-year. Uh, since COVID, it's hard to think beyond the next few months or so. Mm. So ever-changing. Uh, maybe yeah. your point is that, you know, when things are changing all the time, how do you figure out what you need to do and what you need to prioritize? <clears throat> right. But certainly right now, my biggest objectives are all leading up to the end of the year. Um, yeah. That's my big sort of milestone for over the next uh, next few months right yeah so so uh, what i do I, what i what i actually do uh, i recommend my clients do um, and you don't have to do this immediately but over a period of time is to build up the goal stack so the goal stack actually has let's just imagine it keep it very simple imagine three to five bullet points talking about your lifetime goals so as big as that just like what does success look like at the end of your life? Just three to five points, right? A couple of those are going to be, I'd say, fairly standard. Like you probably want to have a successful family life, you know, happy, you know, good relationships and good health and things, right? And then you might have some professional and impact goals, shall we say. So what, so I think those are interesting, like what professional impact do I want to create as my life's work? The big questions, right? Not expecting immediately to come, but start to think about that, that, that as one part of your goal stack. Yeah, okay, so that's the big picture, long-term, not necessarily uh, fully fleshed out, yeah. but it's kind of a, it's a heading. Yeah, exactly, I call it true north. It's kind of yeah. like, and, and we might not get it right immediately, right? I mean, we have, people often panic when they are to do that kind of thing, stress out, but this is a draft and we, have, we, we can edit it any time, right? It's not, nobody's gonna beat us up if we don't do that. So we, we kind of have that lifetime goal. And then we, have, then we have a stack of goals that come all the way down to what are my three key outcomes for the week? Yeah. And Those so objectives. <laughs> yeah. And so I'll tend to have, you know, I tend to have goals for my week, goals for my month. Now I used to have goal. I used to work more on quarterly goals, but I must admit these days, I've really brought down the focus to a month. What can mm. I ship, deliver, complete this month? So if even if it's a longer term project, I'm like, what would success be? What can I, what's the finish line mm. this month on each of those projects? Yeah. So let's talk about this. It's a podcast. It's a fairly new project. You know, we're recording the, um, the, the third episode. Yeah. Um, so I had a goal to say, yeah, by, by the end of the month, let's record a certain number. Um, mm. Have the basic idea for the podcast done and developed and have it pretty much ready by the end of the month. That creates a, a finish line. Yeah. If I set my goal as I just want to build a podcast, there wouldn't have been that clear success criteria. So I, I tend to have a week, a month, um, might have a quarter, you might have a yearly might have a three yearly. So it, it can vary. And sometimes people have 10 years. It doesn't really matter. But the mm. point is that somehow you want to kind of link what you're doing, what your priorities are in the short term, and see that on the same radar as your mid-term and longer-term goals. Well, yeah, I, I get that. And I think, um, and this is probably going to be your point, that's easy to do in isolation but we don't live in an isolated world. Um, you know, we, we live in an ecosystem of business and family and colleagues and teams, um, and that moves all over the place. And I guess that's what creates a difficulty in terms of how do you figure out what to do or how do you adjust to disruption and change? Right. Yeah. And so 
it's a good point. I mean, there's there definitely constraints coming in on us. Um, and so some of these things need to be agreed in a collective. Um, and we'll probably talk about that next time when we talk about building commitment and commitment to the yeah. project and, and the vision. So I'm not so much here talking about that clear act, you know, of defining the vision or defining where we're going in a sense. This is for me about, okay, so let's assume I have kind of my goal stack, at least to some degree. Um, well, as we have the longer term, the more medium term objectives, we can then start to go and say, okay, what's in the way? What do I need to dismantle? You know, what are the, what are the obstacles that are going to hold us back from getting to this outcome? And so for me, it's the question I often ask myself is, um, yeah, for example, it will be, well, in the next month, um, you know, one question would be in the next month or the next quarter, what would I have to have accomplished to be uh, super happy with my progress? Or another question could be in the next month or in the next quarter, what would be the one thing that if we could deliver that would make everything else so much easier? And so what you're doing there is you're really zooming in on what's going to make the difference, what's going to, what's going to deal with the roadblock. So, you know, the theory of constraints, it's like, you know, the theory of constraints is, let's say you've got a pipe and you've got a constraint somewhere in the pipe, you've got something blocking the pipe at some point, right? You need to deal with that blockage and then the whole pipe suddenly starts to flow. And so, um, you know, in, in the company, you know, if you've got a fantastic vision, let's say, um, but you've got conflict between some people, you know, big, big key players in the organization, that's the key constraint that's going to stop everything else from working, right? Or if you've, um, uh, you know, you've got all the, um, uh, you know, you've got everybody aligned, everybody's keen, but you haven't got any systems that allows people to be efficient and scale and, and, and not do repetitive work, that's going to become a key constraint. So asking that question of like, what's the one thing that if I was to address would remove the constraint that I'm currently experiencing? And once we know that, then we can start to kind of focus in on those activities. Yeah, so this sounds like very complex project or program planning, which is, you know, any kind of, yeah, you need to have clarity of purpose, so you know what you're trying to achieve before you can start breaking it down, before you can start, you know, figuring out what you're going to do and how you're going to move forwards and what's priority and what's irrelevant, what's noise. That's, that's what it sounds like to me. It, it sounds like, a, you know, like a next level, two, three levels up from, you know, what a project manager or program manager would call sort of planning, basically. Yeah, so I suppose for me, it's really that question of have a sense of where we're going. And I agree that is important before we deal with um, deal with um, eliminating noise. So we have to have that. And the goal stack is a way of figuring it out because we sort of work back where we have we have a, some sense of future vision that might be your year end objectives. It might be simple as that. You don't need to go all the way to the end of your life. You can focus in on this is what I need to deliver by the end of the year. This is the revenue number, right? This is the customer numbers. Yeah, this is profitability, whatever it is, okay? And then with that, going, okay, well, what are the, 
you know, what are the constraints? What's the, what are the one or two uh, biggest roadblocks to that? And you need to, that's quite a question, right? But that's the key question. If you can answer that, if you can say, this is the thing that I need to deal with, then we know what to focus on. And what I say in that goal stack is, as a CEO especially, it's easy to confuse the company's objectives with your objectives. So you need your own personal strategic objectives, how you use your time, right? So there's all these things that the company needs to get done and the company needs to have a similar kind of goal stack, right? Or your leadership team mm -hmm. need to have a goal stack. Um, but as an individual, so I was talking with one of my clients, he's a, um, running a very high growth tech company and he was saying um, that he's got all these projects that his team are running and, and delivering on but he hadn't really stopped to say what are the things that I need to get done like what things can only get done by me at this moment if I don't do them what will get done and that's a different question from what things do my organization need to do and that's I mean what does my organization need to get done? That's clearly a key question and it's part of eliminating noise. It's part of getting your team around to answer those kind of questions as a group. But on a personal level, it's also important to say, well, what are my strategic initiatives, right? You might say, well, actually the thing I need to be doing is raising up a successor, right? Or, or, um, or I need to get, so I need to find somebody and train them to take off this part of my workload, which I shouldn't be doing. And actually, if I was to do that, then next month, I'm going to have suddenly 10 more hours every week to refocus. So that's, that's, a, that's where you actually look at yourself and you realize that the constraint that I'm going through, you know, is that I'm being diverted into, I don't know, being the acting marketing director or whatever it is. That's Mikey, that's what's holding me back the most from my impact. Yeah, I kind of like the way you've made the difference between the, the company strategic objectives and personal strategic objectives because the more senior you get in an organization the more you feel a sense of ownership of the you know of the company or the organization you're running and it's 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 easy to sort of the the sort of what can i do and what impact am i gonna have and how does it align with strategic objectives? right although it's ego you know there's an element of ego because it's all about me 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 and we're all told not to think about me but about the collective good it's actually an important component. It's well, it's within the context of the collective good, yeah. right? It's, yeah. it's, so to be very specific, I, you know, my client, he um, explained to me, he got these projects. I said, okay, what are the key projects for your organization? So we did that goal stack, if you like, on his organization. What are the key projects your organization needs to deliver? Okay, these ones. Okay. Do you have a clear finish line for those this month? Mm. Uh, no, so we figured that out. We figured out for each of the three key objectives for his organization, what the finish line was. So then my question was, okay, what do you need to be doing to deliver that? So what's your objective as it relates mm. to that? Because actually you've got managers who are managing that already. No. So what do you need to be doing? Oh, actually, you know, well, actually I probably need to be, um, I can't remember that, you know, is reviewing, you know, working with them helping them really drive, um, really close down on a few things that would still be open and so forth. So he identified, yeah, actually, right. It's not my responsibility to deliver this. Mm. 
well, it's like my count, I'm accountable for it, but actually I've got other people doing it. But what I need to be focusing on is equipping those two or three key leaders in these very specific ways. And that's one of my key initiatives. Um, and so I think it, when you start to realize what's my role within this organization, um, then you, come up with, you can come up with actionable projects that you can personally deliver on. Because otherwise you've got these kind of, I've got these objectives, but imagine, you, imagine you're actually running sales, right? And you've got, well, you know, mm. my sales number is X million dollars. Mm. Well, you as a leader, you can't, that, that's not a project for you. You can't deliver that. That's an outcome you yeah. want. But as a project, you could say, well, um, yeah, one of my personal initiatives this month is to have detailed executive meetings with my top 20 customers. Mm. You might say that's, that's my initiative that is going to, because building that intimacy is going to be the best way that I can support the objective of the mm. organization to, to grow its revenues, right? Or actually my initiative is to set up a sales best practice um, war room or something, you know, where, where that's how I'm going to up-level the whole organization. So it's really converting the organization's objectives and also figuring out what are my high value activities. This is just a quick interlude before we get back to today's main conversation. To celebrate the launch of the podcast, we're giving away for the first time ever a coaching package valued at over $3,000. You can use it yourself or you can give it to a friend or colleague who wants to multiply their impact. To enter, all you have to do is leave a review of the podcast on iTunes or in your preferred podcast app and send a screenshot to podcast at xquadrant.com and do that before 15th of September 2020. If you do miss that deadline, then leave a review before the 15th of October and there'll be a chance to win a smaller coaching package. For all the details, head to xquadrant.com slash podcasts. Reviews are the lifeblood of any podcast. And so whether or not you're within the eligibility uh, time, it would still be fantastic if you would leave us a review, if you like the podcast, or if you see the potential in the future as we continue to refine it, develop it, and add to it. Many thanks, and let's get back to that conversation. Yeah, and that maybe I think, uh, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of, of some of what I've seen and some of what I've experienced. You know, sometimes a barrier to achieving some of these, you know, personal value-adding activities is that, you know, as a leader, you can sometimes get caught up in the weeds in terms of you're doing, you're doing activities where, you, where there's a knowledge gap or where there's a gap within the organization rather than, you know, you're adding value because there's a gap rather than you're adding value because actually that's your multiplier sort of element. Yes. Um, and so I guess, you know, maybe you can, we can explore a bit more, but, you know, when you're talking about eliminating noise, some of that isn't just about, you know, identifying what can you do, you know, this month, you know, next quarter, but it's also about what can you stop doing? You know, how can you stop doing something? Exactly. And, and that's what it comes down to. So, um, you know, um, as you know, in French, we have, there's this phrase, right? Um, 
la nature à l'horreur du vide, right? Which is what nature abhors a vacuum. There you go, that's the English one, right? Nature abhors a vacuum. And so you do need to have a sense of what you want to be doing. Because if you say, I'm going to free up some time, well, you don't do it. But if you say, this is what I want to be doing, then you can say, okay, what needs to change to allow me to do that? So, yes. so I think there's two steps. So the first step is find your high value activities. Literally look at your day or look at your skill set, look at all these things and say, what are my, what are the activities where I'm basically generating like a million dollars an hour of value? Or what are the activities where I'm generating $10,000 an hour of value? What are the activities where I'm generating $10 an hour of value, right? <laughs> so for example, yeah, doing your own diary, get your own calendar, right? It's probably $10 an hour task, you know, order of magnitude. Or, um, you know, uh, replying to emails that somebody else could be replying to. Or, um, type, you know, typing, you know, typing something out that you, whatever. And there's all these things that we do that actually are not that high yeah. added value. And yeah, we do them because they're easy. They're just there. Well, the trap often is if I don't do it, you know, someone else won't do it or you know, it won't get done as quickly as I want it to get done. That, that's a trap often, isn't it? It's, it's confusing expediency with sort of value. Yeah, but, but there's, there's ways around it. So for example, um, one thing I do um, is I use a soft, some software tools. There's a couple of them around these days. I use Cloud App. There's another one called Loom just for um, what I call over the shoulder tutorials. So if I'm doing something on my computer that I go, you know, I shouldn't be doing this. This is not that complicated. Uh, I want my time to be coaching clients, adding value, solving complex business problems, not, to, I don't know, not say editing a podcast or whatever, you know what I mean? <laughs> Somebody else yeah. can do that. And once they've mm. learned it, they can just do it. Um, mm. So what I might do is I might do it the first time or the next time I'm doing it, I might yeah. go and do it one last time. But as I do it, I'll just record myself. I'll record my screen and my audio of me just talking to myself effectively about what I'm doing. And so you kind of self-document yeah. And it immediately creates a little web link you can share with somebody and then they can watch and see you do step by step, not just doing it every click you do, mm. but also your thought process when you stop and go, yeah, well, here I've got two choices about how I structure mm. this. I could do this or this, but I think in this case, I'll do it this way. And you can kind of explain things which if you were to document, if you were to document it, you would never do it. You know, you'd never yeah. get around to it. But because you're already doing the task, it's not adding any time. That's a really kind of very practical way but the point is that as you start to go through your your, your activities and find your high value activities your mid-level activities yeah. and your bottom activities then the question becomes okay how do i actually constantly remove the bottom 20 percent hmm. and repurpose that time in that high value i was working with a founder um of a a multinational broadband company. Um, he says that my, I asked him about this. I said, what are your high value activities? Where you, where's your genius zone where you know you're absolutely adding incredible value? And he said, well, it's really three areas. Um, it's the strategic vision of the company, it's partnerships, and it's dealing with the investors. 
says, there I know I do it better than anybody. And they're these big levers for the company. And I was like, how much time do you spend doing that? And he was like, yeah, you know, 10%, right? Yeah. So it's like, okay, now imagine you could spend 80% of your time on that. That'd be amazing, right? And, and then we start to go, well, how would we do that? Yeah, that's my question. Hour? How do you do that? <laughs> well, you, it's, there's two things, as I said. The first one is being very clear about what are the exciting projects that I would like to do that are going to add a lot of value. That's back to the goal stack. So really saying I would love to be able to forge a partnership with this kind of this, this player this month. Suddenly that creates energy momentum. I want to be doing this project. Mm. So I think you need that. And then you also need to look at saying, okay, what's the easiest and lowest value area here that I need to start to work on? And perhaps that becomes one of your, your goals, right? Your, your strategic projects. My strategic project is to offload marketing mm. month or in the next two months. You know, my strategic project is to train up my assistant so that I never have to, um, you know, delete a... spam email again or, or whatever it is or um yeah i'm going to actually i'm realizing that i'm getting a lot of emails that are pretty much always the same on a certain topic i need to automate that process so that those emails i don't touch and so it will vary but it doesn't matter it just it requires a bit of frankly stephanie slowing down yeah enough to go what is at play here and the, the fact is so with so so many of us we're all you know we love the speed and moving forward and getting things done and we don't notice all the gunk that's in the system everything that's slowing us down yeah yeah i mean you know you just have to yeah you know, i've been guilty of it myself it's your i'm too busy to slow down i'm too busy to do strategic stuff and yeah. you know, you've got to you've got to take the time to kind of go actually you know yes i'm busy but am i busy with the right things and it's actually the discipline to do that and a discipline the discipline i think and and the confidence in one's own experience and abilities to be confident of a what's my purpose where am i adding value and therefore taking those steps to to make those changes um yeah all the pressure noise which is going to try and stop you from doing that because yeah. you know eliminating noise you know, it's it's easy enough when you're in a room and all you have to do is flick a switch to turn on some soundproofing but yeah. a complex system actually that's that uh, focus that focus is is the data yeah. so let me ask you stephanie what what are your what are some of your high value activities <laughs> My high value activities at the moment. Yeah. Name, name one. What's, what's the thing which, you know, you do really well and is really, really make moves the needle? I think, well, I know that right now my strategic activities would be building partnerships and relationships to help launch the business that I'm trying to launch. Um, and right now I'm filling out regulatory applications, which is a necessary task. Yeah. Um, you know, and so it's always that tension between the necessary and the strategic. Uh, yeah. Sometimes, um, yeah, I don't know whether I'm fooling myself or whether it's actually true. Um, sometimes the thing we say to ourselves and the excuse we use is, well, there's nobody else who can do this. So I'm going to have to do it to get it done. Mm. 
Um, and sometimes it's true, sometimes it's not. Um, yeah, and, and there's, there's a guy called Dan Sullivan who has a has a little phrase, um, who not how. Yeah. And when you ask yourself, who can do this rather than how can I do this? Yeah. It changes a little bit the, the dynamic. And of course, I agree that, that it, there can be constraints, but I mean, there are lots of freelancers, lots, yeah, there are all sorts of ways you can get things done. Yeah. I agree sometimes there is a season as well where you just have to do certain things. Yeah. But what I'd say is, have you ring fenced some time for that high value activity? So, you, <laughs> right, there you go. So, so, not right you know, now. So I, often say I like, did before, but not right yeah, now. But like, you know, literally put in like whatever you can manage, like even if it's like an hour a week or two hours a week, or perhaps you find a couple of blocks and you literally put it in your diary, block it out. You know, you say it's strategic partnership time, mm. you know, brackets, my highest value activity. And it just, it just creates a structure for you to go, yes, at least for those few hours, I'm going to really be playing on those needle moving activities. Mm. And I'd say, I'd say my observation is that the, uh, the activities where we're high value, tend to be the activities we enjoy the most you know absolutely it's challenging or it's playing to our strengths or you know they fascinate us they we, we, yeah. yeah exactly we're interested we want to keep growing uh, we want to get better in those activities yeah. um, big signal really <laughs> that we're yeah. the right things exactly exactly and so i think blocking out time to focus on those high value activities is really important again it's putting the rocks in the jar to use that analogy right you know if, if, if you've got a jar and you just pour sand in it then you can't put the rocks in it but if you put the big rocks in first your high value activities then the other stuff will have to fit around that yeah. uh, so we've talked about the goal stack we've talked about high value activities as it, as it relates to that um, both identifying some key, um, you know, your key activities and your key projects, and then starting to identify where, where do I need to, what do I need to offload? What do I need to eliminate? Again, I call this eliminate noise, right? Mm -hmm. It's, it's once you know what, what the noise is, then let's start to focus on that, figure out who can I bring in? So how can I train people without having it to take more time? Perhaps they can just literally, you know, be on a, be, be over my shoulder or be on a permanent zoom call whilst I do my day's work. Right. So they can pick it up. There's the other way. There are ways of doing it that don't require, um, masses and masses of, of, um, of upfront investment. And, and then I think the, the other area to cover is, I think it's really important, especially for certain category of leaders is there is a time for execution and there is a time for strategy. Mm. Um, it's actually time for learning as well, but it's very hard if you keep mixing them together. So you've already known this. So you know the classic kind of entrepreneur who has 10 new ideas every week or every day. Uh, and his team are pulled or her team are pulled in mm. 100 different directions. Yeah, I know that one. <laughs> incredibly, it's incredibly hard to focus. And yet that yes. is part of the magic uh, of entrepreneurial types very often is they can do yeah. this um but as, as, an, as an, to execute um you need to you know it's, you need some discipline to avoid changing every single week i mean when i was at cisco um, i had a boss who was brilliant a fantastic manager 
he was a bit like this, right? He would, he was very sensitive to the political changes in the, you know, in the wind, uh, in the company and on priorities. Um, the leadership team that he built, I was one of in his leadership team and um, between us, we kind of, <laughs> we had this idea of, um, we said, oh yeah, he's got his strategy. You know, what's the strategy of the week? We, we'd always ask ourselves on our kind of internal calls uh, without our manager and especially the week, okay. And then what we did is we basically was the, were the buffer that took this kind of constantly varying strategy and kind of smoothed it out so that the team underneath could actually follow something that seemed to make sense rather than being hard left, hard right, hard left bang into the wall you know yeah and I'd, I'd say that's 100% my experience too and I, I'd add a little nuance to that is you know when you've got a yeah I remember I had a boss he, you know he had loads of he always had great loads of ideas loads of initiatives high energy wanted to get a ton of stuff done yeah and the challenge was always you know how do you you know loads of great ideas but how do you figure out what to do and how to do it without overwhelming all the teams and like all the you know, they run the business stuff, you know, so much yeah. change the business and, you know, there's the run the business stuff that needs to happen. Yeah. It was very much that it was like we, the smoothing, the, the way we did the smoothing is we were a bit sneaky is that we figured out a way to get our boss to agree to like a North star objective, whether it was quarterly or mm. annual. Right. And therefore when all these initiatives came piling in, we had something to measure against in terms of, okay, so this has just come in. Is that higher or lower priority? Is that going to move the needle more or less in terms of what our North Star is and what we're trying to achieve right. this year? Absolutely. You don't, if you don't have a, a focus, you know, it's like, um, for me, it's like steering a boat. So, you know, yeah. um, when you, and I was, I was rowing rather than steering, but when you do steer, and I've tried it a few times, you have to think, about you know three or four moves ahead yeah because it takes so much time for the boat to respond to the rudder right if you move the rudder too much then you yep. slow the boat down because you're changing direction <clears throat> exactly so and that judgment and this is why the goal stack works at all levels mm. you can have an organizational goal stack yeah. so at the very top it's like what are we trying to do in the whole world what's our overall yeah. mission like what you know what we we'd love to do over 25 years and then you can come down to what's our three-year kind of key you know yeah. two or three key points our one year our one quarter right and and that allows because if the world suddenly changes well perhaps the one-year vision is totally in the bin right like 2020 would be a classic example right probably yeah. all the plans in january are already dead in the water yeah. but perhaps a three-year vision is still valid yeah and so you can basically go well that's still valid but we've got to change this year yeah and this quarter um and so the, the language I use around this is I talk about the decide, do, debrief cycle. Okay. So there's, there's okay. time for strategy and you decide. You choose your projects. For me, strategy is really about choosing your projects. What are the projects that we are investing our resources in? Okay. All right. So like decide. Okay. okay. So decide. So basically like given the vision that we have, well, first of all, you know where we're trying to get to and basically therefore um in the light of that let's decide what are the projects and the clear finish lines so what are we going to deliver into the business what are we going to ship um in the next month or in the next quarter or the next year decide 
And then you've got the doing. Then it's like, okay, we're locked and loaded. We know what we're doing. We know, get on with it. And then at the end of that period, we then do a debrief. What did we say we were going to do? And what did we do? What did we achieve? What did we not achieve? Why did we not do what we said we were going to do? There'll be reasons, you know, there'll be mm-hmm. some, you know, we'll just learn from that. Did we overpromise? Did we underpromise? Did we get distracted? Did we, um, did something happen? You know, just learn from that and, and, and reflect and, and uh, play a bigger game for the next quarter or the next, next month. So I think decide, do, debrief, and see then back into decide again. Yeah. That, that cycle is really powerful because it operates on every level. I do it personally, you know, I do that on a monthly basis. Mm. I have a monthly session, I block out time and I debrief the previous month. I decide the goals for the current month, but then, then it's locked in for the month, right? Unless an earthquake happens, you know, pretty much, mm. I've only got a month to go. Yeah. So heads down and deliver what I've decided to deliver. Um, but also it works on the weekly basis. Start of the week, I'll go, well, given my month objectives, what do I need to deliver this week? What are the most strategic two or three um, deliverables that I need to be responsible for this week? Which again means that I just have to focus on um, that short period of time and doing yeah. what I've just decided. And then I get a chance to be creative and change it again and try to do something else. Um, but I think doing that just kind of stops us from continually jumping to the next project. So you kind of have like a, you know, you kind of have a queue, a stack of, you know, a stack of things you can do. Uh, agile methodology, right? You know, you, you have your backlog of, of potential directions and projects. Um, but every time you get put something new on the list, you don't immediately change what you're currently delivering. Mm. And so I think just taking that methodology into personal life, team life, organizational life at different cycles is important, right? Everyone does, you know, often we do annual reviews or quarterly business reviews. Yeah, it sounds tedious, ones. but um, but it's part of the cycle of habit forming in terms of constant checking of priorities and evaluating and and rejigging I guess it's yeah I don't think there's any shortcuts it's it's a but I think people understand the purpose of those sessions rather than seeing as administrative must-dos become powerful tools to really as you say eliminating noise or yes helping with priorities exactly so I mean so this is it is a topic which is uh yeah it's one we all have to deal with right we all wrestle with I mean I love jumping into new ideas and opportunities I have to hold myself back can see all these ideas yeah but I'm also I just love the strategic focusing as well so I know that when I actually do the thinking which requires us to slow down right that's the when we slow down and think and we go actually these things here are going to move the needle and these are the things which I'm actually finding hard. I'm not sure how I'm going to do with these, but that's the right direction I've got to go. Then I think that's where the magic happens. And it, that's why often it happens in these coaching conversations because getting people to slow down enough to think about where is my, where is my impact leakage? You know, where am I doing stuff which is a $10 an hour task or $100 an hour task? What are the things we're actually, if I was to do more of that, it would make a massive difference. And, and how do I do that? I mean, those are, those are questions that when you can address them, 
really change things. So I guess what I'd say very practically is, is finding time in your diary, like literally blocking out time for those kind of questions. And starting to get a bit clear on what's, you know, what's my personal goal stack at whatever level. And you might just, I mean, I did this with the client last week. I just suggested, look, just do it for the month and then do it for the, and then do it for next week. You don't need to do everything, but just ha even having that, what's my monthly goal and my weekly goal, that'll help you already eliminate a lot of the noise. Freeing up time, yeah, eliminating noise. I'm guessing it relies on a few of the other elements of the multiplying our impact, doesn't it? Like yeah. <laughs> yeah, right, they all interlink, right? And, and it's, interlink. Again, about what I said, it's about the theory of constraints. So in a sense, um, it's, why it's why we started with eliminating noise, because actually it's when you start to think about what's the constraint, is it, you know, is it a lack of insight in the organization? Is it a lack of commitment in the organization? Do we not know how to transform behaviors? Yeah. Whereas once you start to think like that, then you can focus your attention, because you can't do these five impact multipliers all at the same time tomorrow morning, right? But foundationally when you start to go where's the roadblock what's causing the whole system to slow down and let me put my focus on that because if nobody else is going to do it you know everybody else is running away doing all their business operational priorities the ceo uh, or somebody responsible for that part of the business you have to bring that and say that's that's the key leverage point which i need to i need to address yeah. And I'm guessing, you know, and maybe I'm anticipating a little bit sort of uh, our next session, but you know, you've got to do the work here before you can move to the next stage and deal with the, uh, why is nobody doing, why is nobody doing what I want them to do? <laughs> fix this bit first before moving on to release commitments, I think it is. Yeah. Release. So, so you can take them in different areas. It depends where the roadblock is, right? Um, you might believe actually we need to sit down together and actually figure out what this project is that we're all committed to. Mm. And actually that is just the first thing to do. That is the high value activity. That is the key project we need to do. So you can do it in a very quick way at the start and say, I need to nail that in the next quarter, right? And so I spend a lot of time with executive teams helping them actually do that. Um, so I guess that's a bit of a, a segue into next time on the podcast. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. Um, yeah, and yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll jump into the second multiplier, releasing commitment. And that's really about multiplying energy and ownership. Um, and what I found is there are four different areas. I used to think there were three. I think there's now actually four. So I used to call it triple commitment, which sounded good, but I think quadruple commitment starts to sound a bit too much. So I have to find a better word. But, but that fourfold commitment is is needed if you want to really create ownership in the organization. So we'll talk about that and give some specific tools to help um, build commitment and energy and ownership ac across a, a larger set of people. Ah, I'm definitely looking forward to that one. And in the meantime, I guess if anyone wants to hear anything more or learn more about what we've talked about, they can head to subscribe to the podcast look at your YouTube channel, look at the xquadrant.com website for the show notes, or, you know, contact you, contact us. <laughs> and we'll try yeah. to answer their questions. 
try yeah, absolutely. will answer their questions. <laughs> absolutely. And, um, and I suppose as everyone likes to say on these podcasts, you know, if you like what we're doing, um, I want to encourage us as we figure out how to be slightly less uh, awkward with each other and become <laughs> a dynamic um, podcasting duo in the next, next episodes, then do leave us a comment on, yes. um, on your favorite podcast yeah. app, wherever it is. Yeah. Or, on, or if you're watching the video, leave it below and all the rest of it. That would yeah. be really helpful. Um, it just, it's um, a lot of effort to do this kind of stuff and just getting feedback understanding what's working, what you'd like more of, um, always really helpful feedback. So that'd be great. Yeah, love the feedback, love the feedback. So that's it, so thanks everybody. Um, I guess my final thought would be just slow down to speed up, right? It's, it's a bit of a cliche these days, but it's a become- A cliche, but it's true. But it, it, yeah, and as leaders, Thinking is one of our biggest leverages and often we don't create a space to have those powerful insights and to really get strategic. So have a look in your diary and see how much time you have to really eliminate noise in your own life and in that of your team. Will do straight away. Okay, thanks Stephanie, great to speak. See you on the next yeah. episode. See you, Richard. Okay, bye now. I hope you enjoyed this conversation. Now let's talk about you. When you're in a position of top leadership, when you're in the biggest role of your career, who supports you at a deep level as you lead others? Who helps you multiply your impact and get to the next level? Well, this is what we do. If you'd like to know more about our community of extraordinary leaders, visit us at xquadrant.com. I hope you enjoyed this conversation. Now let's talk about you. When you're in a position of top leadership, when you're in the biggest role of your career, who supports you at a deep level as you lead others? who helps you multiply your impact and get to the next level. Well, this is what we do. If you'd like to know more about our community of extraordinary leaders, visit us at xquadrant.com.